Welcome to the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. We are so grateful you're here with us today. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Creative Rise podcast, uh, where we believe that you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. I say we believe that, and that's what we do believe at Creative Rise, but today's interesting because it's just Joey. It's just me. Christy and I decided that we were going to try out doing some solo episodes. People have talked about us doing solo episodes, and quite frankly, I think it's going to be fun. Here's why. If you're inside the Creative Rise community on the deeper end, behind you know what happens in the masterminds the inner circles all of that stuff you'll you'll know that Christy and I actually have different teaching styles sometimes we teach really well together we go over things really well together but we actually also Christy's phenomenal by herself and I hope she would say the same thing about me so um, we're gonna be trying to exercise that today we thought that we would try doing individual episodes and you guys got me first so she can uh, obviously create a better episode to improve off this one <laughs> come uh, maybe next week or the next couple weeks. I definitely didn't say that right. But I'm what I meant is she's going to create a crushing solo episode that's going to make this one look just okay. But I hope today is phenomenal for you. We've got a couple things I want to talk about. But we're going to title this. I was thinking about what do I title this? I was like, well, let's just keep this really easy. Um, and the reason why we want to keep it easy is because we always promise, as we promise, and I'm going to promise this today, that I want to encourage you, educate you, and challenge you. And so by doing that, today's topic is going to be called Eight Money Tips to Improve Your Financial Situation. Now, quick disclaimer, these are tips that I have picked up along the way from different people from different experiences, from people in my life that I've really looked up to and went, wow, I, I would trade financial positions with them. Therefore, I want to learn about what put them in that position. Now, I am not a accountant by trade. I'm not a lawyer by trade. I'm not an international tax strategist by trade. I am not all of those things. But what I am is someone who knows what it feels like to have no money and being like, wow, I can remember the days when I was stressed out because I had less than a hundred bucks. And for all my Canadians out there, I was like, how am I going to buy Tim Hortons for the next two months? That's like only like a month and a half of Tim Hortons, you know, at lunchtime. And I can also remember and put myself in the shoes of the days when I've had multiple six figures plus and in investments in different uh, just cash assets or bank accounts. And so I'm, I'm telling you these things, these eight tips from a place of these are eight things that's helped me really get to see kind of the spectrum of what it looks like to own and operate a business as a young entrepreneur and to kind of be on both sides of the spectrum a little bit, having money and not having money and everything in between. So again, today's uh, topic is called Eight Money Tips to Help Improve Your Financial Situation. And I want to—I want you guys before we get into this to give us some feedback. Like I said, this is going to be our first solo episode. Christy's going to do one as well. I want you guys to let us know if you like, if you love or hate these solo episodes. Just shoot us a DM. Also, if you have any questions, I just want to make us available before we get into some of this stuff because it can trigger maybe some questions in you. I mean, I hope it does because questions lead to implementation. So if you have a question, I want you to make sure you remember it. And I want you to, or while you're even listening, go on to Instagram, 
click the text us button on our profile or the message button and either text us your question. It will go straight to my phone or Christy's phone because we share the same dual SIM or it's, or if you click DM, it's obviously just going to go to the account. So I want to make creative rise available to you. Uh, cause again, we exist to help you break the creative struggle And a massive part of breaking the creative struggle. Friends is by breaking the struggle with money. So as we always do, we always start these episodes with a problem. And so what's today's problem? Well, today's problem is very, very simple. Here's, here it is. Most creatives, most entrepreneurs never get a handle on their money. Therefore, their money gets a handle on them. Put up your hand if that's you. <laughs> I know that's been me at certain parts, uh, certain points in my life. Their lives then feel, here's the key statement of the day that we want to help you break. Their lives feel limited by their finances rather than liberated. Are you in a position right now where your life feels limited by the money in your, in your, your personal accounts, in your business accounts, what you're scared of because you know you're going to have to fork out for tax? Are you feeling limited by it or are you in a position where you're going, you know what, I'm actually feeling liberated, meaning I feel freedom around my money. Well, that's the transformation that I want to take you in today and I want to encourage you and educate you to step into, I'm going to challenge you to step into, is going from a position of where your finances are limiting you to a position where your finances are liberating you. Uh, That's a very, very beautiful thing. So here's the big question though. Here's the question that comes with that statement. What do I need to know about money so that I can feel confident in using it properly, right? What do I need to know about money so I can be confident in using it properly? You're never going to be liberated by your finances unless you use your finances properly, which leads us into the solution today is obviously I got eight tips for you, eight things that I have picked up along the way. They're simple. I'm going to go through them really quickly eight things that have helped me in my relationship with money. Because again, money is simply a relationship you have with the world's chosen currency. And so if you don't like money, you're going to have a problem. And I want to help you kind of talk yourself through that a little bit today, because that's really important. So that leads us into number one. First tip is that your relationship with money will determine your success. I strongly believe this. I've never met someone who is fulfilled, joyful, happy, it creates a lot of impact in and around themselves who does not like money. You'll never meet a really, really successful entrepreneur, someone who's created a lot of impact in the world who goes, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't look at my bank accounts. I have no idea. In fact, I've met people that are quite unsuccessful or they were unsuccessful. I've sat at dinners with people in entrepreneurial circles where I've literally had people say to me, I just, oh, Joey, I just hope I make enough in the month to cover what I spend. I don't even look at it. I just hope that it balances out. And I'm like, what the heck? Are you kidding me? Like, that's shocking. That is so shocking that that people get that far down that they do not even want to look at their accounts. Now, if this is you, I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you to step out of that because unless you have a healthy relationship with your money, because your relationship with the money is going to determine your success, you won't ever have a healthy relationship with the success that comes your way, with the impact that you want to generate and create in the world. So that's really simple. The easiest way, now I wanted to say this before we move on to step number two, 
Tip number two is that the easiest way to get comfortable with money, this is really important. If you're someone who said, ooh, I know there's a lot of things within me that trigger me when I think about money, I want to encourage you, pinpoint the things that trigger you about money. Find what makes you uncomfortable. I want you to isolate that and go, I'm going to go figure that out. I'm going to lean into that. I'm not going to run away from it. I'm going to lean into that. Now, a personal quick example of this, and because again, I'm, I'm telling you about these things that I've learned along my way. One of the ways that this is coming up in my life right now is, as you guys know, I am immigrating to the United States of America from Canada. It's not an easy process, as easy as you might think it is. It's actually incredibly difficult, time-consuming, and expensive, very expensive, but there's something more that I'm learning that I have to figure out. And it's the fact that because I'm actually kind of alienated right now, I'm not living as a resident in Canada, but I'm not accepted as a resident and citizen in the United States of America. I have to actually, I fall into a category where I can potentially pay tax in both Canada as I pay personal income tax because I'm a Canadian citizen and resident or was resident. But I also own a Canadian corporation, so it means I pay personal tax and I pay corporation tax. But now I'm living in the States. And so now the government in the States is coming and saying, we want a piece of the cake too. Give me some of your money. So I have been isolating the fact that I know nothing about international tax strategies. This morning, I was on the phone for about 45 minutes with an international tax strategist going, this is what makes me uncomfortable. Let me tell you about what makes me uncomfortable, what I don't understand. This is a weak spot in my relationship with money, and I need you to help me isolate it and grow in it, okay? So that is tip number one, is that your relationship with money will determine your success. Isolate what makes you feel uncomfortable, Dive into that. Ask a friend. Ask your accountant. Ask a lawyer. Ask a tax strategist, a financial planner, whatever it's going to be, to help walk you through the things that you know make you uncomfortable. Number two, this is very simple. Money is not good. Money is, fill in the blank, probably we're thinking money is the root of all evil, right? We all know it. It's been ingrained in us. That's not what I was going to say. I was going to say money is not good, but money also isn't bad. Money is simply, this is something that really opened my eyes to the good that I wanted to do in the world with my money. And that's why Creative Rise, and I'll tell you about that in a second, exists to do more good. It's the fact that money is opportunity. Money, uh, the greatest good in this earth is fueled by money. The greatest bad in this earth is fueled by money. You might be saying, oh, well, no, it's not. Love is what fuels everything. And I would argue love is, sure, the reason, but money's the tool for anything that happens that's good in this, in this world because the world has just so happened to choo- choose money as the international currency that gets things done, that buys value, that exchanges value, right? And so it's really important that as business owners, we learn that money is not good, money is not bad. And the reason why I say that is there's a time in my life where I remember not necessarily wanting to make more money because I was scared of what people would think of me if I made more money because I thought money was bad. I thought the people that made money were bad. They were greedy. They were selfish. They never used it for the right reasons. So I did not want to grow my business because I was scared that I would fall into the category of people that use money in a bad way. And so what I had to learn was that, again, money is just simply opportunity. You have the option to use it for whatever you want. And Christy and I would want to encourage you to obviously use it for good. I'm sure because you listen to the show, you're a great person. You're going to want to use your money for good. A great example of how we do that at Creative Rise is last year in 2020, a Creative Rise in the crazy year it was where most people couldn't find 
enough money in their couch to help them get by, somehow Creative Rise was able to raise over $25,000 through the investments that people made in themselves. Meaning when somebody invests into the Creative Rise Mastermind or the Inner Circle and becomes a Creative Rise community, like the inside circle of, of, of members here at Creative Rise, you take one of our Mastermind programs you jump into our inner circle, six-month program. When you invest in yourself, you're actually investing also in the impact Creative Rise is making around the world. Creative Rise is building and restoring through a, a charity that Christy helped start years ago called Compassion Causes that brings clean water drinking sources to places down in Nicaragua that do not have access to it. Or there's another huge issue. We always talk about being problem solvers on this podcast. A huge issue is once a well is built and it's giving clean water to a community, if it's not maintained properly, it breaks and they lose access to clean water. So Compassion Causes also goes down and maintains wells, helps drum up people locally and train them to maintain the well so it's also building the local economy, strengthening the skills in the local economy. So it's a beautiful organization. Christy helped start that a few years ago. And so Creative Rise is a, is a vessel to help generate money, opportunity, really what it is, to then do more good. So anyone who's invested in anything with Creative Rise, and I would even go as far as saying you listening to this podcast helps push the brand. The brand generates the income. The income is then what gets sent down there and as a form of opportunity to help people get clean drinking water for some of them the first time or for uh, the first time in a while. So thank you for that. And that again is an example of how money is not good. It's not bad. It's just simply an opportunity. It's neutral. You get to decide what you want to do with it. So this is really important because again, it's going to, if you can see money that way, it's going to help you get out of the rut of, oh, money's bad. I'm actually scared to make money, the rut that I was in. So I really want to encourage you guys and challenge you to get out of that rut because money's not good. It's not bad. It's just simply opportunity. Now, number three is a little bit more tactical. I'm excited for this one. It's simply that your business makes revenue, not income. This is something that I did not understand in the first couple of years of business. And it put some stress on me because I never, I always felt like I didn't have enough. I never felt like I had enough for tax season. I never felt like I had enough in my savings. I, to be honest, I never felt like I had enough to spend. I never felt like I was making enough. And here's the reason why. When you see the money that comes into your business as income, you think that you actually retain it all. Meaning if your business makes a hundred grand out a year, you look at it and you go, I'm looking at my bank account. Why do I not have 100 grand in my bank account? I made 100 grand this year. Well, you probably spent 25, 30,000, let's call it $30,000 in expenses. You probably have to pay 25% tax. So now you're at $55,000 in just taxes you have to pay and in expenses that you you know paid through and out of your business. Then you've got to add on all your living expenses. Then you got to add on your car payment, all that other stuff if you've got that. All of a sudden, you're not left with a lot of money. And if you see that as, oh, I don't have enough or what, where did it all go? It's probably because you're viewing your business as a vessel to produce you income rather than revenue. Now, what's the difference? Income is what you take home. Revenue is what your business generates. And revenue is a tool to be distributed to different areas of your business to pay for expenses, to pay employees, to reinvest in things that are going to make you more money, all of this thing. So if you see what you make as revenue, you're actually living in a place where you're like, I'm going to use this money to feed the beast, grow the business, 
give away, maybe improve somebody else's life rather than going, this is what I have. I'm going to hoard this. And so I've made that mistake and it's caused me to live in a place where I felt like there's never enough in a scarcity, just headspace, which is not good. And so I want to encourage you, see the see, see the money your business makes as revenue, not just take home income. It's going to change the game for you. Okay. Really, really important. So number four, this is very simple as well. It's also really tactical. Pay yourself and the government first. You hear a lot of people say, pay yourself first. You know, they say, pay you first. It's only fair. And I agree. But I also would say, pay the government first. The reason why I would say that is because I want everyone on here who's listening to be a law-abiding citizen. Christy and I strive to be law-abiding citizens. And the reason for that is because most people are not self-controlled enough to make money, watch the paycheck come in, or watch the client fulfill your invoice, have the money land in their account, pay for their car payment, pay for their insurance, pay for their mortgage, pay for their food, pay for a couple meals out, pay to go skiing, pay for their gas, pay for you know taking friends out doing something, and then at the end of the month going, okay, now what do I, what should I be saving for taxes and what should I be saving to drum up just a savings account? And so my argument to that is most people are not self-controlled enough to do that in a way where they are going to have enough left over for tax and enough left over for savings. And what does this lead to? Well, it leads to the fact that like 85 or whatever percent of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. They have no savings. You know what it means when you probably have no savings and you have bad money management? Probably means you're also in tax debt. You do not want to be in tax debt. You do not, which means you didn't pay your taxes on time or pay the amount you were supposed to pay, nor do you ever want to be in any other kind of debt like credit debt. Now, there's good types of debt, which are leverageable types of debt, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the fact that if you do not pay yourself first and the government first, you probably won't have enough to pay yourself or the government once everything else is spent on. So what does this look like? Well, it looks like, say you get a $10,000 cut from you know a client, somebody pays you 10 grand and the $10,000 comes in. What it looks like is go, okay, ask yourself this question. This is how I always start it. Pay the government first. I always, it's easier to think about it this way. Pay the government first. So what do you have to do? Well, look up what your local, which would be your state, and your federal, which would be your country, tax brackets are. Assume which one you're going to fall into. Add the local, so the state and the federal together. So let's say your federal tax was 21% and your state tax was 7%. You are probably going to be getting taxed. And this all depends on how much money you make. So look it up. You can Google it very easy. Christy and I just had to do this the other day for some future things. You're probably going to be making, or sorry, be getting taxed 28%. Now, what I want you to do to be safe in case you make more than you were expecting to make is I want you to add another 5% to that. So we take that 28% now to 32%. And you're going to go, okay, if I get $10,000, I'm going to take 32% of it immediately and I'm going to put it away in a tax specific account that I will not touch because I'm paying the government. It's not my money, it's already the government's. I'm just holding it for them. Now, second, it, by the way, I say it's not your money because that's just a really good mindset thing to do if, if you're not you know, super comfortable with taxes. It's a really good thing to do to, to not have to feel so bad about forking over cash at the end of the year. If you always, every time you get paid, chunk it off, put it into an account that you don't treat as your own income, don't treat as your own money, it's not going to be as hard to hand it over. Now, here's what I would argue though. 
If you're going to pay out of $10,000, you retain $10,000 you get paid. If you're going to pay the government $3,200 because it's 32% tax, why would you not pay yourself $3,200 as well? It's only fair. It's only fair to pay yourself what you pay the government, right? So here's what you do. You get paid $10,000. You take off the top what you're going to be having to pay in tax. And then I want you to also take off what you're going to pay yourself. Match what you're going to pay yourself to what you pay the government. Okay? It's only fair. Then use the rest of it. Use the rest of it to pay for things in your business, to pay for other living expenses, stuff like that, okay? This is gonna help you build savings so that you can invest in things. I don't love savings. I think savers, this is the bluntest way to say this, um, I think savers can be losers because what's the point in saving money if not saying you are a loser? I mean, you will lose long-term if you just save your money because what's the point of saving money when the government's printing money, right? If they're printing it every day, why would you store it away in your bank account? It's losing it's losing its value. So you got to invest that money. So putting away stuff for yourself first is going to help you do that long-term. It's going to help you feel confident in when tax season comes around, and it's going to put money in your accounts to do stuff with, like invest. So that's number four, pay yourself in the government first. Number five, very simple. Uh, we saw this happen in the last year. COVID wiped out a lot of people uh, in terms of their incomes or their typical incomes. And so Christy and I, and just me today, basically coming on the mic, I want to encourage you, have four, at least four months saved up of living expenses in a safety fund. Figure out what your average month-to-month living expenses are going to be. Put it in a safety fund. What's your car payment? What's your mortgage? What's your rent? How much do you have to pay your employees, contractors? What are your subscriptions that you have? All your fees to run your business. How much does food cost? Figure out all of that stuff. Come up with the number. It should only take you five minutes, five to 10 minutes, and then times it by four and try and save up that amount of money. Or if you already have it, just put it in a separate account and don't touch it. Use it as a safety fund. That way, when a rainy day comes, fingers crossed, knock on wood, it doesn't happen but if it ever does come, you're good. You got four months at least to continue to keep the floor underneath you so you can focus on generating more revenue rather than just being incredibly stressed because you don't have money to pay for your bills and all that other stuff. So number six, really fun one. Uh, If you can't write it off, don't buy it. If you cannot write it off, don't buy it. One of the biggest benefits of having a business is obviously being able to go and say, hey, There's so many things I can write off, and I would probably tell you right now that there are way more things you can write off than you even know you can write off. So, number one, I want you to do some research, book a $250 hour power strategy session with an accountant or a financial planner, and ask them, hey, what can I, what do I have, this is my life, this is my lifestyle, what amount of that can I write off? right? Ask these questions, get informed, number one, on what you can write off, and then get really clear on how you're going to use that to your own advantage. And one of the ways to do that is by going, if I can't write it off, I'm going to try not to buy it. And if you're sitting here going, I don't really understand write-offs, how do they all really work? To put it in the most simple way, a write-off is simply something that you spend money on that a certain percentage of it, depending on what category it was, if it was travel, if it was meetings with clients, if it was food over dinner with clients, if it was business subscription fees, everything is categorized differently. But when you spend a dollar on something that's a business expense, 
it's a write-off, a certain amount of that dollar, a certain percentage of that dollar will be reduced off your taxable income. So in, in, in other words, to say it in a very attractive way, you're actually getting some of that money back. You're saving on taxes. So this is something that is crucial crucial to understand. And I'm always trying to learn how to do this better. And I would encourage you guys to do that as well. It's crucial to get informed on what parts of your lifestyle you can write off, what things you can include in your businesses, business expenses that are really going to help you in tax time and also help you just live an enjoyable lifestyle where there's more guiltless purchases, meaning, hey, I know this is a write-off, so I don't feel as you know, maybe guilty about investing in it. Now, it doesn't mean go make dumb purchases. It just means there's definitely guilty purchases and guiltless purchases. And if you know you can write something off, it's probably going to help you feel a little bit more guiltless about it. So that's number six. If you can't buy it, or sorry, if you can't write it off, don't buy it. Number seven, this one's very simple. You hear us talk about this all the time. Uh, Money compounds time. So when you spend money on hiring people, when you spend money on different investments, it's going to compound time. Now, what does time do? Your job as an entrepreneur, as a creative entrepreneur should be, how do I make money to reinvest in other ways to then help my money create more time? It's the circle of life, friends. Money creates time. And then if you reinvest that time, it will help you create more money. This is super, super important. So money is what time to compound interest is to your investments. The only way to watch your business grow is by asking yourself, how can I curate more time? How can I free up more time? If you want more income, focus on freeing up more of your time. To free up more of your time, you often have to use money and invest it into people and systems to support your dreams, and you're going to watch how you get time back. Oh my gosh. One of the biggest things that we see time and time again in the Creative Rise Mastermind and in the Inner Circle and just in the DMs and uh, on, our, on our phones when you guys text us after these episodes and, yeah, like I said, in, in, our, in our community is when somebody finally starts making the right decisions about reinvesting back into their time. How many of you guys are like, oh, I've bought 101 eBooks? There's probably a lot of people in here who are like, I'm just an education obesity freak. I love investing in education and I never actually do much about it. And it's probably because investing in education is a phenomenal thing. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But you really want to make sure that you're also making investments that free up your time. Again, because time creates money and then money just goes back to create more time. It's a circle. So that's super, super important. That's going to help you again, hire people, build into systems, which will give you more time back, which will give you more money in the long run. It's a great investment, especially early on in your business. Asking yourself, how can I create more time? Number eight, last but not least, this is a really, really fun one. Uh, It's super simple too. Reinvest in your business. Reinvest in you before you reinvest in other traditional things. This is something that I have had to learn. I have uh, gotten really excited. I believe that my business is a vehicle, it's a vessel. Creative Rise is a vessel. My media agency is a vessel. Christie's photography business, it's a vessel. They produce income for us, but that's not where we stop. Christy and I then look at other investments, go, where can we produce more income, more financial freedom? How can we generate more of that? And I had a conversation with a financial planner not too long ago going, hey, here's what I've got in front of me. I showed him all my numbers, all my investments, all my accounts, everything. Um, And I said, what should I do? 
Should I go buy two income properties? Should I go buy two homes? You know, should I go put a couple hundred grand down on a couple down payments and, and get some income properties and stuff? And uh, he reminded me of this. He said, Joey, what you're not understanding he said, a lot of people, the world tells you that you need to invest in the market, invest in real estate. And he says, while those things are great, he said, Joey, I can tell from talking to you, you are a passionate, skilled, driven, creative entrepreneur. And he's like, I just want to remind you, Joey, this was amazing. Like it was such a good moment. He's like, I want to remind you that the best investment you will ever make one of the only investments that's not a liability is by investing back into yourself. He said, Joey, take the money you have. He said, you're young. You have all the time in the world to invest in more traditional investments down the road. He said, invest in you and invest, reinvest in the business right now. And the reason why, he said, in a good year, you will get 10% out of most traditional investments, meaning your money, if you invest in real estate or the stock market, long-term you know, growth stocks, whatever, anything like that, in a good year, you're going to get a 10% return. And that's great. Your money's growing. But if you're an entrepreneur, you should be looking to get, on average, probably a 50 to 200% growth each year by investing back into your business. Your business has the capacity to grow way more than a traditional investment would. And so it's crucial that we understand that uh, this is why we're ending with this one. Number eight, reinvest in yourself and in your business before you invest in other traditional investments, especially at the beginning. Again, you want to go for those 50 to 200% returns rather than those you know, up to potentially 10% returns you get in other traditional stuff. So I'm not against traditional investments. I do have some traditional investments. But again, what I'm saying is, is that especially in the beginning, you have a much, if you believe in yourself, you have a much bigger obligation to invest in yourself and in your business because the return is much greater, which is really cool. So that is what we want to end with, guys. I want to end with that. I want to encourage you with that. If you have any questions about any of this stuff, go to our Instagram, click on the text us button, or just text us right now, 916-587-6417. Go straight to my phone, straight to Christy's phone. We got a dual SIM set up. And we will get back to you on some of your on some of your questions. Hopefully we got some answers. Now, if we don't have answers, maybe I can pass you on to somebody that has some answers, which is which is great. So please don't feel like you you have to hold back in asking us any questions. Again, Creative Rise exists to help you break the creative struggle and getting your money right is a huge part of that. And so we want to be a vehicle to help you explore that. If something in this episode triggered you, I would love you to reach out. Because again, going back to what I said in the earlier points, if something about money triggers you, don't run from it. Run into it. I'm going to say that again. If something about money triggers you, do not run from it. Run into it. Collide with it. Isolate the problem. Isolate the thing that you feel uncomfortable about when it comes to money and your relationship with money in your business and just watch. Just watch what might so happen when you collide with the uncomfortability of your relationship with money and how it retains your business. That is when you are one step closer to breaking the creative struggle. So 
that is what we want to encourage you guys with today. Um, again, shoot us a DM, shoot us a text if we can help you in any way. If you are like, hey, I want to learn how to learn from you guys more, you can head over to www.creativerise.com and you will see the wait list for the Creative Rise Mastermind. Uh, we're actually just on week six of six in our current one. We are just wrapping up and we are going to be re-enrolling uh, and starting another one later in this year. And so you do not want to miss that. You want to get on the wait list. It sells out every time. But that is just an intimate six-week journey with an intimate community that Christy and I get to um, so graciously and with so much joy lead as we you know, connect businesses and connect people to journey together over six weeks as we deconstruct what you know about business and reconstruct everything in a foundationally healthy way. And money's a big part of that. We talk about money and stuff. We talk about sales. We talk about marketing. We talk about brand. We talk about the healthy hustle. So we're talking about this week and week six. How do you do all this in a way that's healthy, right? And so if you want to be a part of that, you can either just text us, shoot us a DM, uh, just text us the word mastermind to 916-587-6417 and we'll get you on the wait list. Or you can just go to creativerise.com and you can also join there. We'll see you there. So thanks for being on uh, today's show, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this solo episode. If you guys want more solo episodes, you got another one coming. Christy's going to do her own. And then let us know if you guys want us to keep doing them because it's actually kind of fun. It's so fun to do things with Christy, but it's also fun to hear Christy go off by herself and then get to listen back to it. And, and I get to learn from listening to Christy too. And I know she enjoys listening to just me ramble on about stuff, uh, although I often go too long. So um, we're going to put a close on this one today, guys. But thank you for being here. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. And we just might read your review you on the show. Christy and I appreciate that so much more than you'll ever know. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace out. Thank you so much for joining us today. We were so happy to have you here. And do not forget to jump onto iTunes, give us a five-star rating and write a written review. That would mean the world to us. And we'll catch you next time on the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. Peace.